0: Hello all, welcome to First Watch, Rewatch. Here's the podcast where we go to the thrift store of pop culture and find something. I mean, it's used, it's worn out, uh, sometimes good, a lot of times bad, and sometimes the room. With me today here is the greatest other host of the X millennial Man podcast, that's Ty Kulick. How are you today, Ty?
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm doing good. Ran a half marathon yesterday, ran my fastest time ever, so today's a good day to sit down and record so I don't have to move around too much.
0: I don't think I've run the equivalent of a half marathon with all the running I've done in like
1: 10 years. Yeah, that's baloney, dude. You ran cross-country in college. That was
0: 20 years ago.
1: (laughs) Well, but I'm sure you built up the 13 miles in that uh, time at some point. I don't know about that. 210, though, dude. For me, that's great because I I weigh 285 pounds.
2: Mm.
0: (sighs) Yes, and speaking of 285 pounds, we're going to talk about the oft-forgotten Ridley Scott film Legend.
1: Okay. When you told me what this movie was, I thought it was the Tom Hardy movie yes. where he plays twin brothers, which I have seen prior to this.
0: <laughs> no, and as I talk about legend here, I'll talk a lot about how it was a big influence on me younger in life, a movie I always remembered, and then watched it again and wondering what the hell I remembered. I think I remember 20 minutes of a hour and a half long movie.
1: I watched it a couple of days prior to us recording, and I will say... My wife's been working from home for a while, and as I watched it, she said, oh, what do you think of the movie? And I told her, this is right up my brother's alley. And she said, yeah, I could hear some stuff they are talking about. It seems like it's right up your brother's alley. So.
0: Well, it's a movie, you know, unlike Buckaroo Banzai, which we talked about, which I hadn't so seen good. in a while. right? I That's the that...
1: best movie I think <laughs> I've watched for this so far. <laughs>
0: yeah. Legend, and by no means I'm going to talk about Legend. This is not a bad movie. No. And I'm going to play Siskel and Ebert's review and – they're not even as kind as I am, but it is a, it is, it's, it's a better thing to look at than to watch.
1: It's a beautiful film. Like it's beautiful wherever they shot it, be it a soundstage or somewhere else. It's beautiful to look at. I will. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And this movie is, it sits a Ridley Scott. It sits after Blade Runner and before Thelma and Louise.
1: That's first of all, it always blows (laughs) my, I always forget that Ridley Scott directed Thelma and Louise and, My our folks came over to my house this past weekend. I was talking to our mom and we were talking about the Napoleon movie that's coming out.
2: And I was telling her,
1: Yeah, I Mm -hmm. was telling her, like, can't believe this guy I want to see Napoleon, so I'm I'm excited to see that. Blade Runner is probably my favorite movie of all time. And then he directed Legend. And then he did Thelma and Louise. Mm -hmm. Like this dude has he does a lot of different stuff. Uh,
0: before people come at me, I, he did a Michael Douglas movie, Black Rain or something, actually. Okay. But Thelma Louise is the big one. And yeah. also, not to be outdone, Legend is Tom Cruise right after Risky Business and right before Top Gun.
1: Okay. So did he do that football movie before this? Yeah, too? All the Right Moves. Okay. Yeah, All the Right Moves. All right.
0: So Legend is kind of that switch from Tom Cruise being this uh, young, all-American boy into an action star.
1: And but he was very not Tom Cruisey in this movie. No, no, no.
0: Yeah. And okay. Even my wife brought up how it was before he got his teeth fixed, and then I could not, I couldn't look at it. You know, every time I saw him, that's all I could think about. Plus, Tom Cruise is known for like running in every movie he does, mm-hmm. and you didn't see a lot of running in this. You just saw a lot of
1: diving. I was going to say one big dive.
0: <laughs> and a lot of flips, which he did, all of that stuff. Oh, too. that
1: was him? Okay. I was trying to, when I watched it, I was trying to figure out, is that a stunt double, but I couldn't quite put my finger
0: on it and then the other kind of strange thing about it is especially people my age i know tim curry from three four big roles i I would say obviously rocky horror picture show Mm -hmm. this clue which is gonna come in later on in the podcast here and pennywise the clown from it
1: Okay. I've seen all those other ones except for this one.
0: Yeah. And this is I mean, my wife kept saying, That's Tim Curry? How do you know? I didn't believe it either, yeah. And when I talk about how he was cast in this movie, it will get it will get known. Also somebody else in this movie, a Billy Barty that we talked about on the Paul Lynn holiday or Halloween special. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's who was Billy Barty? Who he was, was he? one of the goblins. He was one
1: not of the main one. Yeah, he
0: wasn't the main one, but he was know, one yeah. yeah, one of the trio of there. So he was in that. And then the guy who played the the guy who played the goblin or who was in the helmet, the goblin, but was one of the mm-hmm. gnomes or fairies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his career when I go over what he's done is unreal. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> cool. <that> he's been. <laughs>
0: So let's talk about how legend gets made Okay. Uh, early in Ridley Scott's career. He wanted to make a fantasy film. That was his thing. And he made obviously hit the ground running with a movie like alien. So Mm -hmm. he was, this was just something that was always in his mind, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to do a, uh, and an adaptation. He didn't want to do like Beauty and the Beast or uh, Snow White or sure. Cinderella or yeah. whatever. He wanted to do something original. And he hooked up with this writer. And over the uh-huh. years, he made another movie. But over the years, they kept going through scripts. If you look at the Wikipedia page, it says they went through 15 different scripts.
1: But the, uh, you say like he didn't want to do like a, a re This movie, to me, felt very much like Romeo and Juliet. It,
0: it's very, it's all the very, very basic beats. <laughs> I think more than anything, what Ridley Scott wanted was what this movie looked like. Now, he even okay. says at one time, and when I talk about the director's cut, and I'm going to play some clips, you'll <laughs> completely understand this. Okay. Is, originally, he sold this to Disney. said, you know, Disney, you should make it, but Disney thought it was a little too dark, and, which is weird, because in okay. the same oh. year, Return to Oz and The Black Cauldron, two of the darkest Disney movies ever made, came out.
1: Did either of those have satan in it though like this one did i mean have yeah, you ever seen return
0: is... to oz i have not oh, that no. is one we should maybe do in the future because that <laughs> is, it is on disney plus that is a that is a disturbing
1: movie well and like i understand that tim curry's character is not called satan yeah he's called darkness but he's got horns and Redskin and Mm. yeah, and big, big Dracula type teeth. Yeah. And
0: he's the bottom half of him is a bull or Uh he's got hooves or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. His original name in the script, and I kid you not, was Baron Cordon Noir.
1: Oh, they should have gone with that (laughs) instead of just
2: darkness. (laughs) That
1: would have been dope. That's the other thing, too, I noticed with this movie. I think why I got the Romeo and Juliet feel from it is that the way the actors speak in this is very playwright ish, if that's even a word. It's just very. It's not how I watch movies now. It's it's different from all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and it was like when I was looking up the history of this movie, watched a couple other YouTube things about it, too. It's wild to me because, again, this movie came out in 85. Ridley Scott had been thinking about it for at least five or six years. He uh, had on a short list to cast as Jack, the main character. He wanted Tom Cruise. That was his number one want. Sure. But he had Johnny Depp, who huh. was really nothing at the time. He had uh Robert Downey Jr., who again his dad was famous. So Yeah, but yeah. And Jim Carrey.
1: Oh. I kind of want to watch the Jim Carrey version of this now. That would have been I wonder if say Jim Carrey had been casting that in some alternate universe if he had never would have never been on In Living Color, never done Ace Ventura because mm-hmm. he would have started in this fantasy movie. Yeah. That that's wild.
0: And when he was casting it, so he had Tom Cruise. This is Mia Sarah. Famously Sloan so, Stevens.
1: <laughs> so beautiful in this movie. So beautiful in Ferris Bueller's, yes. which I didn't think they get top. She looks better in this movie in my opinion. This
0: was her first movie. And okay. Scott said he cast her because he wanted this to be a little bit more theatrical. And then the uh, the big witch thing in the mm-hmm. bog, the big green thing, yeah. is weirdly was played by Robert Picardo. Do you know who Robert Picardo is?
1: No, I don't. He know was the gym is. coach
0: on The Wonder Years
1: oh okay yeah, yeah the that's, hologram
0: doctor in star trek voyager is what a lot the of thing everybody. that
1: like jack cuts in yeah. half that's yeah. that was played oh wow <laughs> okay <laughs> he was another that thing was very creepy
0: yeah too. he was another big uh big uh, stage actor but okay. originally one of the one of the dwarfs or the gnomes i can't remember what they're called that uh he wanted richard o'brien who played Riff Raff in rocky horror okay. so he went to go watch rocky horror again that goes it's a good idea and that's when he's like you know what? Why does nobody cast Tim Curry in this stuff anymore? Oh, I think I Tim want to. Curry's him. so
1: awesome. I love Tim Curry.
2: <laughs> so
0: he gets his cast together, gets everything. We're gonna talk about the movie, but first I wanna play for you, cause Ty, I remember watching this trailer, okay? Okay. And it's the visuals itself is is not that much, but you just gotta hear the voice. So this was the the first trailer for the movie Legend.
2: There is a balance to the universe. The struggle to maintain that balance is the stuff of legends. For there can be no good without evil, no love without hate. Life needs death. Innocence feeds lust. There can be no heaven without hell, no light without me. I am darkness.
0: So the visuals of that is just quick cuts from the movie as all the letters of legend play out. I remember seeing that trailer at the Manchester Movie Theater. Oh, man, the, nice. The dollar things. I'll ne- and the reason why I'll never forget it is because this trailer scared the shit out of me.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> hey, I get that. Like, Tim Curry absolutely crushing Is the stuff he's saying, was that in the beginning? Crawl yeah, that too? was that beginning okay.
0: crawl thing. It's also weirdly like the opening song of the movie, The Apple, where they're saying there oh, can okay. be no love without hate. Except this wasn't quite as... Uh, Speaking of movies with devils, th- this was this was better than the Apple. Yet I still love the Apple more. OK, so legend came out in uh, August. It actually came out in France in August of eighty five. And then the US, first. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And then the US, he had a director's <laughs> cut, which, again, I keep referring to. There was an international version. I'll talk a little bit about that because there are three different endings to this movie. Oh, wow. And um, okay. it just a lot of it did not test well. And one of it's going to be the music score, which I'm going to talk a lot about that, because this movie has two music scores by two iconic people.
1: That's what uh, a friend of mine, I went running with some friends this weekend, and one of them told me that she loves this movie. She was telling me all about it. It's
0: it's a movie that the people who love it, I'm going to have some friends that listen to this, and they're going to be like, you betrayed us. I thought you loved this movie.
1: (laughs) Well, she said her and her husband one year for Halloween, she's really into Halloween, they went as darkness and dark lily mm-hmm. and i was like wow that's rad like <laughs> i don't know how you guys pulled it off and she showed me pictures and everything it was very yeah cool.
0: and like you have you have referenced too this is a pretty simple movie oh okay yeah. it's a very simple story it looks unbelievable i mean the the set design everything like that tim curry for those of you guys that do not know what we're talking about you think we're still talking about the tom hardy version Mm-hmm. Go Google legend Tim Curry and just look at
1: him. It, you wouldn't know it was him if you didn't see no. it on the cat. You would think it's, I mean, nowadays it would probably be done by CGI, but the the makeup they did is masterful mm-hmm. in this movie.
0: And he's in, so the version we're talking about, the the one, the theatrical cut it's called, is about 90 minutes long.
1: That's the one I saw. Yeah. That's the one I watched.
0: He's <laughs> only in it for about 20 minutes, but it's he's really yet, the only 20 minutes that matter.
1: <laughs> Well, he has the, main, the scene at the beginning and then the scene at the end. Those are his two big spots in the movie.
0: So I'm going to give you, I'm going to let Tim Curry and one of his goblins, because I want, I want the audience, too, to hear these voices, how they were done. Yeah. And this is a little bit of a longer clip. It's just under two minutes long, but it basically comes at the top of the movie and it explains the entire plot of the film. So you ready, yep. Ty?
2: Yep. Ah, Blix, come closer. You summoned me, Lordship. Are you not the most loathsome of my goblins? (laughs) Truly, master. And is your heart black and full of hate? Black as midnight, black as pitch, blacker than the foulest witch. That is why I have called you here, since I must remain in darkness. You shall be my eyes and ears. You do me great honor, Lord. Something troubles me. I feel a presence in the forest. A force I had mercifully almost forgotten. Must be dread indeed to trouble you, Lordship. Looking upon these frail creatures, one would not think that they could contain such power. One could rule the universe with it. You must find them for me and destroy them. What do they look like, Lord? Fool! Let this serve to remind you. They are each crowned with a single horn reaching straight to heaven. I get the point, Lord.
0: So he basically takes a, like a, knife and sticks it doesn't stick it in the goblin's head but sticks it up
1: yeah and uh they're like touching nose to finger too yes because the goblin's got a real long (laughs) nose, like looks like a witch's nose
0: now the goblin is actually played by an actress named um alice playton who she had uh, she was known for having kind of a childlike voice okay and she did tons of stuff she died fairly young Uh, she died at the age of 63 she'd been a stage actor for a long time but it kind of was known for her voice and they want, obviously they enhanced the voice a bit, but obviously. you know, she's the main goblin. So yeah. you, you get the point. This is the, the devil or the Lord of darkness wants the unicorns killed.
1: Yep. Which when I saw that and heard that, I was like, okay, so this movie has unicorns in it now. And there's a goblin who looks like a witch. <laughs> this goblin has got a weird voice. So <laughs> I saw Tim Curry in the credits. I'm like, okay, that's Tim Curry talking. It's a very creepy opening scene.
0: Now, this is where the movie kind of slows way down because we're uh, now introduced to Lily, who is Mia yep. Sara's character. She's, I guess, supposedly some kind of princess. She's yeah, like kind of in a dickish move. She takes the laundry lady's laundry line down. But I guess that's <laughs> yeah. supposed to show that she's playful or something. She's playful, yeah. <laughs> she's,
1: she's energetic and fun.
0: And she's got some, what is it, some vagrant man child named Jack that she wants to yeah. hang out with. she's keeps Tom talking Cruise. about Jack. Yep. Now, when my wife, again, was watching this and she saw Jack and then saw Lily, she actually said, is this a Legend of Zelda movie?
1: Good point. It looks <laughs> like that. It totally looks like <laughs> Which she's they got, are like, a making. Suit
0: yes, yes. Which they are making an honest to God Legend of Zelda movie. So after kind of rolling around in the grass and kissing like 14 year olds.
2: I was going to say their kisses were very,
0: um, yeah,
1: they were very childish and like, I don't know. I just figured, and again, these two actors are very young in this movie, so maybe, yeah, maybe that's why.
0: Again, it's a very simple movie, but Jack is going to go show Lily something amazing, and it's the Mm -hmm. unicorns. Now, I'm going to, again, talk about the music later on, but this is the Tangerine Dream score of this movie, I Will Remember Forever. And it's uh, this is where you get the first kind of big German techno band score <laughs> okay. coming here, and Tangerine Dreams coming off of doing uh, Risky Business, which okay. the Love on a Real Train is one of the greatest instrumental songs like ever made.
1: I had heard of them, I couldn't remember why I knew them though. When I saw it, now that you say Risky Business, it makes sense. Yeah,
0: they're that's probably the thing they're most famous yeah. for, but. You see the unicorns, and again, everything in this movie looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, even, yeah, it, it's you, it,
1: it, now you say Legend of Zelda, and I don't play it, but I watch my wife and my son play it. That that is very. Your wife was spot mm, on with yep. that comparison.
0: So he uh, Lily goes up to touch one of the unicorns, and at the same time, the goblins. Yeah, he hit it with a poison a poison dart. Right, dart. Really? Yeah. <laughs> runs away, and Jack gets all mad to run away. Then it starts lightning and snowing, and here, well,
1: oh god! But Mia Sara also says the whole thing like, "Whoever has this ring will marry me." Oh so yeah, when he gets one of his diving in, and then I don't know if you're gonna play it or not. But the, what those goblins do after they shoot the unicorn and get its horn is devious, yes. dude. Like that is they're they're just doing whatever they want with this unicorn oh yeah
0: yeah and they do they cut its horn off and it starts snowing a lot and lily finds jack who went away pouting and he explains to her and here's here's tom cruise explaining to mia sarah what the hell just happened
2: jack it was lovely like a dream what you did is forbidden who says so it is known, Lily. These are sacred animals. You risk your immortal soul. I only wanted to touch one.
3: Where's the human bat?
0: So, yeah, that's it. She just thought it was pretty, wanted to touch, and he said since you did that, you just screwed up the entire world.
1: Everything's messed up, <laughs> and yeah, as you and like diving into this lake to get the, the ring because that's what she it's this ring I'll marry. it's frozen over like he you see him like keep trying to hit it and do all this stuff and i think was it when they cut off the unicorn horn is when he got through the ice yeah and that's yeah, yeah it's all, that all yeah. symbolic right yeah 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 it's just it's it goes from this beautiful lush forest land to completely covered in ice and snow and then these goblins go on essentially a rampage <laughs> yes yes they, <laughs> they do they pillage this town
0: oh yeah yeah they're 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 bad they're evil and when well, the lady
1: that mia sarah was talking to is frozen to death yes oh yeah <laughs> like that's crazy
0: yeah and they use uh the head goblin blix uses like the horn as like a wand
1: yeah and, and, and like starts a fire in the house but mm-hmm. then starts breaking a bunch of stuff in the house too all the while mia sarah is like down watching everything <laughs> and i it feels like her face is glittery while she's yes. watching all that stuff too
0: yeah, I think it's supposed to. She's supposed to be crying, and the tears are freezing, or something like that.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I wasn't smart enough for that. Well, she.
0: I, I'm going to skip large swaths because a lot of nothing happens in parts yeah, of this movie.
1: You're right. It's very, it's very boring. Yeah. Even, even a lot of the action sequences. It, it's Millhouse. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory thing? It seems like it takes forever because Tom Cruise is found by these three fairies or whatever they're i don't know what they're supposed to be called and even their journey is the one the main fairy says to him well you know this land better than anybody else but it's just them trudging through yeah snow wasteland yeah that's all it is
0: so speaking of yeah they're fairies or dwarfs if you read a lot of it they'll list uh, them as forest elves okay. there's uh, in the, elves, yeah. yeah in the director's cut there's a whole big scene where the main one whose name is gump it uh, mm-hmm. it has like a, a fiddle and it asks a riddle of Jack and if Jack doesn't get it right, he's going to kill him. It's a lot more sinister.
1: <laughs> is Gump uh, a child actor? Is that no, no. Actor? So
0: okay. uh, so Gump is played. This is actually a funny story. Gump is played by an actor named uh, David Bennett um, Bennett, who is easy. He's, uh, he's born in Switzerland, but he's a, okay. like very well-known German actor. Okay, and I didn't I don't have a cut of his real voice because that's not his voice in the movie.
1: I assumed it wasn't. It's very, very. Yeah, it's it's altered like the goblins voices.
0: So the a matter of fact, it's the same actor does the voice. They redub they redubbed Alice Playton. They did a different voice for they redubbed it onto his. And the reason being is in the original cut, they don't have this. They ended up redubbing it for all versions. Again, German this little elf who's angry and a little unhinged in a very strong German voice. Yep, Ridley Scott's right. like, that's <laughs> going to turn people off.
1: Yeah, it was a smart decision to redub it. So.
0: <laughs> so, but they all, they say, we need a champion, we need to save them. And then this yep. is where my wife was like, is this Legend of Zelda? Because he goes get a sword. <laughs> and he gets a to shield. too, because him. you have to
1: go on little side quests yes. the whole time, yeah.
0: He goes, then they're going to go the... The goblins capture the other unicorn and yep. they were, were going to go save it. And Lily, they know, has gone off to try to save it, but she's not a hero. So nope. they go through. And if this was a Lord of the Rings movie, it would take three and a half hours. But in this movie, <laughs> it feels like three and a half hours, but it's like 15 minutes. That
1: Yeah. I mean, I, again, when are they, I kept thinking, yeah. when are they going to get to that? And I was watching the movie. It finally cooled off here in St. Louis and I like had a hood up. And I felt like I could fall asleep as yes. I was watching that happen.
0: It trudges on. And then you get the Bog Witch that I said was played by Robert Picardo. Yeah, Just, that
1: definitely I Like, I took my hooded sweatshirt hood yeah. off at that point. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. this, is, this is doing something. So about.
0: it checks all these very basic fantasy elements. At this time, mm-hmm. I'm probably playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then the only thing I'm looking for is Dragon, which never showed up. But <laughs> they – and even when they go into the dungeon area – you, you have the dude cooking the goblins. Yeah. Uh, uh, or listen cooking. at the beginning.
1: Okay. What, what, at the beginning of the movie, when Tim Curry and the goblin, when oh, yeah, they're and just the like, goblin are talking, are they like beating us? Yeah.
0: Just beating person? the dude. Yeah. Okay, because right. they're, they're <laughs> cooking them, though. Like, it, it's even to the point of you want to talk about fairy tales, Hansel and Gretel, that the one elf who is posing as a goblin is alive with an apple in his mouth with a pie crust over him in the
1: <laughs> that's, right. yeah. that's another thing i noticed and i'm sure we'll talk about but there are moments in this movie that are like very dark and sinister yeah. and upsetting and then there are moments of pure comedy. oh yeah like when they're throwing the mm-hmm. thimble things and they're knocking people over yeah. or when the the one um the one good uh dwarf or whatever of the the tree elves group has to climb up through the fire escape or whatever and he's just laying down yeah (laughs) una the fairy that flies around him has to wake him up and that was comical
0: yeah there was una the fairy who was kind of sinister kind of weird really she wanted to really kiss (laughs) (laughs) even with those jacked up teeth but it's where the movie starts to pick up or where i remember it a lot is darkness the devil whatever decides you know what I'm into Lily. I want I oh, want yeah. her to be my spouse. And they go through this really she she's running through the castle, and then she's there's this uh, like dance, very interpretive dancing, her and yeah. this like preacher in all black.
1: Like I felt like I've never done drugs before. I'm like, am I high right now? <laughs> <I'm> watching this.
0: <laughs> and it like merges into creating dark Lily. She's in this uh-huh. blackness, and this is still, I mean, iconic, but she's looking at herself in the mirror. And suddenly you see Tim Curry's hand come mm. through the mirror and his whole body. And so one time or the first time you see the fullness of darkness, just the big yeah. black horns, the red skin, the hoofs. I mean, that's like 20 seconds, I think is incredible. It's amazing. And yeah. I'm going to play how, uh, how the devil tries to seduce his lady here. So here's the conversation they have. And I actually think this is pulled from the director's version because there's a line in there I did not recognize, but in case people say, it's not in the theatrical version. It's (laughs) what YouTube had when I was looking for it.
2: Gotcha. All I wish is for you to sit and talk with me. Sit. Here. Yes. Please. I prefer to stand. Or stand. As you wish. It is enough that we are alone together. Just the two of us. Some uh, simple conversation. You've stolen my dreams away. All things change, Lady. The dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. Dreams are my speciality. Through dreams, I influence mankind. My dream is of eternity
0: with you. That whole dreams of youth are the regrets of adulthood is like the greatest line in a movie that has like no lines.
1: <laughs> Tim Curry absolutely <laughs> knocked it out of the park. Like when he came on and gave that speech at first, I'm kind of like chuckling to myself, thinking this is goofy. I I fully bought into his character after <laughs> yes. he gave that speech. I'm like, I'm in. I'm yeah. in, Tim Curry. You, you got me. You, you drag me you drag me in with you
0: because the stories around this movie and the people are more interesting i'm gonna very quickly go through to the end because okay, it is, right. it's a lot i mean stop me if there's stuff you want well, just
1: like you know you're talking about with dark lily and everything or i guess that's what they call her when she gets her black makeup and love the black lipstick on her again mm-hmm. this is just <laughs> hetero me coming out or whatever but like the way he tries to offer her food and when she won't eat it he gets upset again i totally buy that because it's tim curry if it were anybody else I don't think I get it but I maybe you can explain this with the ending. I don't understand why all of a sudden she buys in and she wants to kill the unicorn. Is she messing with darkness? Or so, yeah, so because they, like Tom or Jack and all the 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 elves seem to think that she's gone. Like the mm-hmm. main elf, the little elf with him, the German actor dubbed over with the with the lady who plays the goblin, he keeps telling her she's gone. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do anything now. So is she bad or is she messing with
0: So her? the this is talk a little bit about Ridley Scott here. You know, Ridley Scott made Blade Runner and the studio came in because he wasn't that big of a director at the time, came in and said, you got to make all these changes. And it bothered the hell out of him. And he spent literally half of his life fixing that movie. Now,
1: he did great with it. Yeah, he did.
0: (laughs) And look, maybe it's because I spent a long time with the original version of Blade Runner. I don't hate it like other people do.
1: I don't hate it either. I love every version of that movie Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. So, But
0: Ridley Scott has this kind of thing he wants to go back and fix some of his older movies legend being one of those movies there is a director's cut and when it came out for dvd even the so i have a dvd that has the all three versions on it and there's a thing at the beginning when i watch a theatrical version a note from ridley scott saying this is going to look better than the other one because this is the print that they could use for the blu-ray but it's not my version and he flat out says that so lily is there's more of the you can see a chance of her falling to a darkness in the director's cut and it's it makes a little bit more sense it doesn't seem quite as sudden even with that this movie the theatrical version is still fairly simplistic that i it's like okay it's just part of the plot you know that's what i'm like that's just what it is i think that's where a lot of people went at the time now People might say, well, Ridley Scott, he doesn't have to worry about fixing his movies anymore. Have you ever seen Kingdom of Heaven? Uh uh-uh. uh. So I don't know a, what that is. That's a Ridley Scott movie, came out maybe early 2000s. It's about the Crusades. It's got Orlando Bloom in it. Um, okay. And when it first, I remember I went to go see that movie in the theater. Big history. You want to talk about uh, Napoleon? This was a big historic epic. Okay. And it sucked it was i'm not an orlando bloom
1: fan so it was like an hour and
0: 45 minutes long and a couple years later ridley scott said no this is my version which is like a three-hour long version and that movie effing rips it is so good why
1: do studios (laughs) cut his stuff all the time i don't don't get it
0: (laughs) i don't know but that's why i tell people if you're gonna go see if you want to see kingdom of heaven it might be one of my favorite Ridley Scott movies, but it is. I need
1: to watch it now, but it sounds like I have to watch the director's cut. Yes, watch yes, that. do not
0: all watch right. the original. <laughs> so you have the whole setup: they dark, they find out sunlight can kill darkness. The sun's falling. You talk about the one dwarf; they have to direct the sunlight, all which was a pretty neat scene with all the. Well, and like
1: I liked when they kept throwing all the thimbles over. <laughs> yeah. and like it knocked one of the, the guy, yeah. one of the elves down, or whatever. God, oh, man, you know?
0: That scene just kept going.
1: Yeah, it was it, it was a little too it was a little too long.
0: Yeah, and then they the dude who was beating and cooking people in the kitchen they pour s- oil so all over. Him. Yeah. They they kill all of them. They have the whole ceremony where Lily's like, I want to kill the unicorn, and they're all getting there, waiting for the to direct the sun and darkness, a whole big ceremony, and the Reggie right, he said, Gumps, like you know, kill her, she's yeah. gone, and he's yeah. like, Oh, I trust you, and she tries to let the unicorn go a big fight ensues
1: which didn't she like cut a chain that yeah the cuts a chain yeah. too? okay yeah
0: a big fight ensues and between darkness and and jack, jack which you know when i went back to watch it it wasn't bad
1: the way tim curry <laughs> runs at him at first with his head down yeah. he looks like a linebacker yeah that was dope like <laughs> i like that part
0: <laughs> and it ends up that jack grabs the unicorn horn, stabs the stabs darkness with it, cuts his hands off and he goes floating off into the void. Into space. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was like, (laughs) He going to space but he's all like sinister you haven't seen the last of me yes. type stuff as he's floating away <laughs> and so then was there supposed to be a sequel to this or something?
0: well no no but
1: uh well he, he has jack and lily go back and like yeah. it was all like a dream or whatever for her and
0: yeah, yeah she he finds the ring she's enchanted asleep like a, again sleeping yeah. beauty the uh, gump puts the horn on the unicorn to revive it the snow all leaves everything's happy A killer song from uh, Tangerine Dream, "Sun by John Anderson Mm -hmm. from Yes," kicks it in, and (laughs) (laughs) oh, trust me, people, I'm gonna play the soundtrack
1: and score was dope. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I liked it.
0: Jack and Lily, she's like, "I love you, Jack. I love you, Lily." They go off into the sunset, literally into the sunset. Oh yeah, while the wood elves and the unicorns are all, well, the unicorns aren't waving. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, but yeah, essentially. So you said you said too that the the actor who was in the who was one of the people that was chained up with like the mask on. Yeah, you said he had like some. Oh, epic I'm gonna career. get to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry.
0: So there, everybody's happy, and then the the movie fades out with darkness laughing.
1: Uh huh. Which, again, as I'm watching, I'm like, so he's not gone. He's just in outer space. Is he coming back? <laughs> like I didn't know. I I, I said I watched the movie. It kept my attention. It was very boring in parts, but I enjoyed the comical stuff. I enjoyed that fight scene between Jack and Darkness. But the movie, I don't, the movie made no sense to me. And, you, and I agree with you. Like There is a very simplistic story that they're trying to tell here. But the way that they went about telling it, I'm still confused. Two, two days after watching
0: it. Yeah, so this is probably a good time. I'm going to skip a little ahead on some of my sound cues. I'm going to play Siskel Niebert's review of this.
1: Sure. Okay. I I would love this. I I used to watch that show when you mm-hmm. and I lived together. We watched that mm-hmm. show together. Like I I adore Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. May they both rest in peace. I know. I just
0: was so sad that they weren't alive for the room because I just
1: needed to see. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> epic. <laughs>
0: Before I play Siskel and Ebert, for the most part, all the reviews of this movie when they came out was about the same. It looks gorgeous other than that. Blah.
1: And I read also, one thing that oh. said like A consensus, too, is that Tim Curry gave the best performance and at the time was what was considered the worst movie of the year.
0: Yes, yes. And now another problem before I play Siskel Niebuhr, this is a time where there's a lot of fantasy movies that are out. There's uh, like what? There was Kroll was out, Beastmaster, Conan the Barbarian. So Uh, when
1: I looked up a little bit of this movie on IMDb, it also recommended Willow and Labyrinth, which I haven't seen either of those either.
0: No, uh, Labyrinth is better than Willow. But all these movies, they're all pretty simplistic. And okay. Legend basically killed the fantasy film. A lot of people said that audiences were moving more into um, science fiction than fantasy. This, I get that. This movie killed fantasy. No studio would touch a fantasy movie until they did Lord of the Rings almost 20 years later.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I guess I never thought of it like that so, again. Lord of the Rings. I've never seen yeah. or read
0: so the, a lot of people are getting fatigued by this type of thing and when you sure. listen to Siskel Niebert, you're going to hear a lot of that in what they're saying. So here, I'm going they've already showed the scene from the movie and this is, uh, this is their review.
4: I'm struck once again mm-hmm. watching those scenes God. as to how good this movie looks and how interesting it's not. This is the kind of movie that either you get into it right away or you don't get into it at all and I didn't. Legend has all of its parts in the right places and the special effects look great and Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show does a terrific job of playing the Prince of Darkness, but the movie lacks a certain lightness of touch. It's like a lot of other recent dreary sword and sorcery epics, all filled with dark shadows and pretentious declarations of doom and gloomy symbolism. A A movie like this needs, what it really needs is a little of the cheerful Errol Flynn style swashbuckling spirit of adventure, from the old days of Hollywood, it takes itself too seriously and winds up getting lost in its own pretension.
3: Gee, I wouldn't even throw any of the compliments you threw at it. I didn't oh,
4: yeah? think—I I didn't think that uh,
3: Tim Curry. Tim Curry to me looked like he'd come off that that deviled ham little thing, that Underwood <laughs> deviled ham package, and they just you know dressed him up in the red stuff. Uh, the girl—they're using her for a music video, I suppose. Tom Cruise, one of my favorite young actors from Risky Business. What is he doing in a picture like this except cashing a big paycheck? I hope this is the last one he does. This genre has been beaten to death. To me, Roger, I thought what you were going to say at the end of that last clip is... Doesn't it all look the same? Doesn't it all blend together? Haven't we seen 20 hours of molten lava and rocks and creatures and all this stuff? It bores me to
4: tears. They've lost it. There's no excitement. The mm-hmm. first time maybe, this is dead meat. Yeah, well, that's my whole point. The first time maybe this would have uh, seemed better to you because it is a good-looking movie. It's directed by Ridley Scott, the man-made mm-hmm. alien, and it does have, you've got to admit, it has a level of technical competence to it. Mm-hmm. They have put a lot of interesting work that's into m- what's on the screen i just haven't made it into a story that anybody anybody Ro- wants to watch Roger, that anybody that,
3: would ever care about you know about. what that is to me that's just money give somebody 15 million dollars or whatever this picture costs and anybody can do that
1: yeah then. so gene sister did that, not like it i love that he kept calling it a picture too and it's just crazy to hear like ridley scott the guy who made you know uh, <laughs> alien. alien tom cruise one of my favorite young actors <laughs> the girl they won't even say her name the girl's just in a music video like that's crazy. They really panned this movie.
0: But Roger Ebert said what I even think I feel like. The movie looks great. Yeah, Tim Curry's I, great.
1: Was Tim Curry, like, not employable or something? People, Tim I, Curry from Rocky Horror, He doesn't know he's from Rocky Horror
0: <laughs> yes, I, I mean, again, there's, there's a, a weird kind of coda to all of this that I'm going to talk about in a moment of when it comes to Tim Curry. But that was kind of the feel of it. Now, I told you about how the one dude who was uh the dude that played the the elf or the goblin who was in disguise, he was actually one of the elves. So Yeah, the
1: one that was in the pie. Yes. With an apple in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So if anybody has ever needed a shorter actor for like genre filmmaking, he's been in it. He's been in every single Star Wars movie. Oh wow. (laughs) He's been Uh Willow, he was Lord of the Rains, all this stuff. Like this dude has just made a career. <laughs> just playing him, these man. little just side characters and things. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to talk about the uh the special effects guy, Rob Botton. So Rob Botton was a makeup artist. He's the one that developed the look for Tim Curry, the look of all the goblins and stuff like that. Very heavy prosthetics. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Tim Curry, it would take five hours to put him in the makeup. And one day he was just getting kind of claustrophobic, had a panic attack and took off one of the prosthetics and it tore off some of his skin.
2: Oh, <laughs> so they, yeah. um,
1: but Rob, Botten, maybe acting is not as glamorous as people make yeah. like as glamorous as people make it out to be.
0: Rick Baker is probably the most famous, like uh, special effects artist, but Rob Botton as it, when he was like in college sent Baker, rich Rick Baker did all the star Wars stuff. And I okay. mean, Anything like that. But he sent him some drawings, and Rick Baker hired him immediately. Oh, wow. So, Botten worked on Star Wars movies, things like that, but he got his big break by doing the special effects work on the thing.
1: Oh, which I (laughs) just saw within the past year. Yeah, so
0: he, that was Ridley Scott's, like, I need to work with this guy. So, you know, you had some heavy hitters, and it was Oscar-nominated for costuming. It didn't win. I want to end on the music because this is the most important thing. But the year that the movie came out, 1980, this was a disaster. It, um, it, its budget was 25 million. It made 23 and a half million dollars.
2: Oh man. You know,
0: this, and it has, as years have gone on though, gained this kind of cult following in some sure. ways. I, you know, I remember as a kid, I said at the top that the, the, the uh, preview scared the crap out of me. But Well,
1: how old would you have been? Not to dox your age, no, right no. Now, but how old would you have been in 86 when this made it to the states? I would
0: have been 10, 11.
1: Okay, so my son's age. Yeah, that that that's yeah. understandable that you'd be afraid by that. Yeah. There was plenty of stuff. But way I, less, less yeah. than this than I was But
0: about. I had, again, played Dungeons and Dragons. This was the kind of movie you watch. It does blend with all those other ones like Beastmaster. And I mean, okay. Conan's a little bit more adult, but... It's sure. uh, Again, I understand what uh, Siskel and Ebert were saying about it. All these movies yeah. look the same. The thing no that bad. separated this movie was Tim Curry. Yeah, That's what separated great. this movie. And I'm
1: kind of shocked that Gene Siskel just kind of pushed him to the side and called him the guy mm-hmm. on the <laughs> deviled ham can. <camp. laughs> <laughs> but
0: 1985 is actually considered kind of a failure movie-wise. And if you look at it, if you look at the top 10 movies that came out that year, only three of them broke $100 million, which mm. is still a lot. But back then, at least your top 10 would. And yeah. those movies were Rocky Four, Rambo First Blood Part Two, and Back to the Future. So huh. when I say it's a bad year, those are great movies. Uh, Color sure. Purple came out, Witness. The issue they said a lot with, uh, in 1985 is there were a lot of movies like Real Genius and Weird Science that were kind of marketed the same.
1: And, I love weird science. Yeah, yeah. And, movie's problematic, but I love that
0: movie. I mean, Breakfast Club came out. There were a lot of movies geared towards kind of teenagers. Yeah. And, you know, adults tend to spend more money on movies. It was just a, sure. a strange year when we talked on the ex-millennial man about twin movies. You had a lot of movies that had similar plots. Yeah. But Let's talk about movies with the same actor. okay? Okay. So Legend came out in the States on December 13th. Two but, other movies opened that same day. That's 15, right. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two other <laughs> movies opened that same day. Some Chris Christopherson movie called Trouble in Mine, and a little movie based off a board game called Clue.
1: Oh, <laughs> that movie is awesome. Anybody who said that, that is out of their mind. Clue, it rule, that movie rules. It does.
0: <laughs> that movie came out the same day as Legend. Both movies beat Christian Yeah. <laughs>
1: But Tim Curry is very recognizable in Clue as he's not recognizable at all on
0: Legend, Which I just found incredibly weird. Clue weirdly was another box office disaster.
1: Really? Yeah. That movie is awesome. Yeah.
0: And before I end with the music here, Ty, because it's a very interesting story about the music in this movie. The original version of this movie, when Jack and Lily go off to the sunset, it doesn't have the darkness laughing at the end. That was made for the theatrical version. The director's cut though the ending is wildly different it's how so jack trying to tell like lily explaining what happened to jack and jack's like no it was all a dream it was all a dream and they decide that you know what we should be friends we come from two different worlds and lily goes off to go back to her life of royalty and jack goes off with the wood elves and the unicorns
1: whoa <laughs> so... man that would have been very different yeah I... I don't hate it, but that just would have been really different from what they, how they ended it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's weird. So originally when Ridley Scott made this, he approached Gary Goldsmith to do the film score. And Gary Goldsmith is a very, very well known. Um, mm-hmm. score. He's did uh, a lot of star Trek scores. I don't okay. think he did the main score for it. Did a uh, Rambo that, that score planet of the apes Patton poltergeist wow. gremlins i mean air force Man. one speaking of michigan hey go michigan yep. <laughs> even without their coach.
1: Um, that's right <laughs> stupid suspension anyway <laughs> yeah
0: so gary goldsmith is a very 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 well-known musician and yeah. uh, our music uh, uh composer he i think he'd only won one oscar but i know he's won an oscar but he's been nominated like a billion times for it okay and it didn't For some reason, Ridley Scott and some people said it just didn't seem right Uh, when they first, when it was, this is the Jerry Goldsmith scores with the Director's Cup, but it's also with the European version of the movie. And he's like, I just, there's something he didn't like about it. So they wanted a score that wasn't so much orchestral, which I'm going to play some pieces from it here they wanted something a little bit more modern now bring in Tangerine Dream German techno mm-hmm. band yeah you know? and i mean one of the earliest i mean they were founded yeah. in 1967
1: so oh wow their um Man.
0: their their original it's tangerine dream is more of a name of just a group of german experimental musicians the okay. the founder. it's an edgar, awesome name yeah oh yeah, it's great <laughs> 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 their founder edgar uh, Froez, he passed away a few years ago but they're still out there they're still making music even famously the pause menu in the game Grand Theft Auto is uh-huh. a tan- the music's from Tangerine Dream. Grand Theft Auto <laughs> nice. Five, sorry, okay. and it's no, it's great. It's that very. I remember the first time I heard it. I'm like, this sounds like something from Risky Business. Again, a, uh-huh. a great, uh, another great thing that they've done. But God, they've done. They did William Freaking Sorcerer. I know, which is not about magic people, which really upsets <laughs> me. They've done a bunch of um, like different soundtracks in the late '70s, early '80s. Again very uh you know synth heavy kind Uh of a disco so i'm gonna i want you in the audience to hear some of this stuff so i'm gonna play the exact same scenes here now this first one is the introduction of the unicorns when you first see the unicorns coming down the valley and this is what most people including myself this is the music that we know One more new. Those are the goblins seeing it, but yeah. that was the Tangerine Dream score. And that is that little, like, theme <laughs> that they made is kind of the most well-known part of this. Here is how it sounded, though, with the Jerry Goldsmith score.
1: I Sounds more like... Epic movie yes, with us. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy.
0: Now, the biggest difference, though, uh, and again, all the music, but the biggest difference is probably the dance, the dance that Lily has <laughs> uh-huh. with the dark thing and then becomes dark Lily. So, yeah. here I'm going to play the Tangerine Dream score and then the Jerry Goldsmith one. Yeah. Almost circus like, you know, calliope.
1: Yeah, circus like, but also like uh, school dance like.
0: Yeah. Here's the Jerry Goldsmith score.
1: I mean, that is wildly different. It's like a Disney movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. You yes. go from the Tangerine Dream one, Dream One, which is very synth heavy, and that is like a scene out of Beauty and the Beast.
0: I'm glad you brought up Disney because remember I said Lily has a very kind of Disney princess type. Uh huh. In the Jerry Goldsmith one, Lily sings songs. She really? sings like three different songs. Wow. <laughs> written okay. by the guy that wrote songs from the Carpenters, and I'm going to play you a bit of one of her songs here. Okay.
1: a totally different movie (laughs) and
0: that that song's like four minutes long (laughs) oh my yeah
1: (laughs) this has a feel of like and and the director cut may be much much better again that's what my friend told me but this has a very southland feels tale yes like ridley scott figured i'm gonna put whatever (laughs) i want in this movie
0: now to compare it though this is kind of again disney-esque singing there's there's songs in the in the theatrical version. They're not sung by any of the characters, but you do get this absolute banger when the unicorns are reunited at the end.
2: I have seen the mystics play there once or twice.
0: And like I said, that's John Anderson from Yes with the Tangerine score behind him, <laughs> Tangerine Dream score. Like I need to have a lighter up while I listen to that. <laughs> I mean, wildly, wildly different. I mean. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> it's a completely different movie. And then even on the credits, there's a Brian Ferry song from, um, he's from uh, Roxy Music.
1: Paul. Oh, Roxy Music. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and was so cool. it was, what's cool is I remember when I watched it the other day, I'm like, this song sounds so familiar to me. I went and I looked at it and there's an homage to it at the end of the first Mass Effect game, which is supposed to be like hmm. a nineteen eighty it's supposed to be like a nineteen eighties a sci-fi action. It's even shot that way. Okay. Uh, the later ones are more traditional video game type thing. But at the end, as your character's walking away, the synth score kicks in and this Brian Ferry song <laughs> comes on.
1: That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, and speaking
0: of Tangerine Dream. Theme to Stranger Things. The band who did it was them trying to do Tangerine Dream, and there's oh. a lot of music from Stranger Things. They use Tangerine Dream a lot, and so very cool. That's well, I mean,
1: Stranger Things takes place in the 80s, right? Isn't that uh, the whole deal with that show? Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: It's yeah. it's that time period. That's the story of Legend. Ty.
1: It's interesting because we talk about it. I talk to my friend about it. She she loves the movie. This is one of her favorites. She's telling me about it. How it's just because I asked both her and. Kirk, who is our sometimes contributor who I talked to, he had never heard of it. I just watched it. She was, if you have any questions, give me all the questions in the world. There are parts of this movie I like, mainly Tim Curry's performance, and Mia Sarah is one of the most beautiful women <laughs> in the history of the world. I, but a lot of it I just kind of found dull, boring. It's fascinating to see Tom Cruise like early on because I've only ever seen all the right moves and then everything top gun past that that I watched. I love Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott made one of the greatest movies that's ever been created. This one is just, it's a rare miss from him for me. I I couldn't get into it. It was too weird and slow and just, I, I don't know. Like I wanted more ghouls and goblins, I guess.
0: No, the movie's boring. I mean, that's what I tell people it is. Even when my wife was like, Oh yeah, I'll watch it with you. And I said, I don't remember it being that exciting and she's sure
1: like, I, I saw 90 minutes. I'm like, Oh cool. It, it felt no, long. it, it drags, <laughs> it drags yeah. And
0: I didn't realize. So that, that scene where the, where she dances and mm-hmm. comes the dark lily that is, there's 30 minutes left in the movie when that uh-huh. point comes up. I mean, yeah. it is. And there are parts even at the end, like I said, when they're throwing those things to create the mirrors, it just goes. Yeah. yeah. Or the the <laughs> fight in there. It's uh You know, there was a lot of technical. I I guess I agree with Roger Ebert. There's a lot of great technical stuff. Mm -hmm. As for why this movie has gained its cult status, look, all the movies we've talked about on here, you take the movies that are just flat out bad, like The Apple or The Room, there's an earnestness to them. I mean, The Room, there's nothing. There's nothing like that (laughs) performance.
1: (laughs) It's so bad, and he's trying so hard. (laughs) I
0: mean, somebody, there's a rumor that Darren Aronofsky has optioned the elon musk book for a movie and somebody in all series was like who should play elon musk and a comedian i know put up tommy Wiseau.
1: absolutely <laughs> i'd watch the hell out of that <laughs> yeah
0: you know, and then there's movies like buckaroo Banzai that just didn't find its audience at the right time mm-hmm. even grease too that i think has aged better this movie i think it's that tim curry performance and i think everybody cons themselves realizing it's not even a third of the movie that they go, Oh, I I like this. Or I like seeing early Tom Cruise or the movie looks great. It does all this stuff. You know, a lot of movies look great.
1: You got to have a (laughs) storyline. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can throw out the prettiest movie, but you mentioned Lord of the Rings. And again, I've never seen it, but those have a story. Like there's a mission with that. Yes. This one, I don't, is he supposed to marry? But you know, I think, Oh, him and Lily are going to marry, but you tell me there's another version of this movie where he goes with the with the elves, mm-hmm. and she goes back yeah. to her
0: life. Like yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, don't know. know what the again. I saw. I you will get the people. I like the director's cut. It's more. It is more fleshed out. The character mm-hmm. of Lily's a lot more fleshed out.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Going back to when Gene Siskel said it's like a music video. My wife and I recently we watched Avita again. Alan Parker's Avita, which is a music video, but it's shot okay. like that. It's shot like. Um, my wife said this looks like a music video, the way because mm-hmm. of, it's this classic movie, but it's got this more modern score to it. When it comes down to it, yes, the Tim Curry thing is what I remember, but I remember the hell out of that Tangerine Dream score. Okay, <laughs> I, that I get it. That that theme with the the unicorns coming into the meadow and all that stuff. Then you know, even without the John Anderson vocals. That, to me, is one of the most iconic 80s movie themes that yeah. I've ever seen. But It's
1: got that feel, for sure.
0: Yeah, it absolutely
1: has that feel.
0: Well, all right, Ty, if uh, they need to, I don't know, what are they going to do? Have you? Be, I'd want to play one of the elves. <laughs> <was gonna> <laughs> that you, would be my dream role. What if they need you to be darkness in the remake <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> of Legend? Where are they going to find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, all lowercase. Come read my stuff on SeedSing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G dot com. Pop culture, sports, all that stuff's on there. You can hear me on Chucklehead Chat, podcast hosted by my buddy Glenn our buddy Glenn Adams. Most importantly, go listen to me on the X Millennial Man podcast. That's our podcast that we do weekly. I love doing it. We've been doing it forever now, and it's great. You get that wherever you get podcasts. Check out our Patreon. And as always, Black Lives Matter.
0: Yeah, we repeat all that. Seed Sing ex-millennial man. I'm going to be, we're going to be finishing up. Like I said, I'm going to do this a season. We'll take a couple months off and come back. I actually have a couple of other ideas for ways we can do this show too, but go, go, I'm going to be putting a Patreon up for this very, very, very shortly because somebody requested me. And if you're going to request me, I'll absolutely do it. You just better, you know, subscribe. But anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um,
0: (laughs) We've got uh, two episodes left, Rent and the Star Wars Holiday Special. So at least I don't have to watch Rent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You say, yeah, that's I don't know which one of you is going to thank me more is at the end of the day. So with all that ty as we walk our way into the sunset closing out another episode here i just think to myself the the dulcet tones of john anderson the synthesizers of tangerine dream and uh thanks ty and we'll see you on the next one
1: stay fresh cheesebags.